0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You told me that you were going to have my dad wrapped around your finger, is what you told me at your wedding. and You said, Watch. I didn't say anything yes, he like did. that. I don't remember. Yes, he did. No, I what? didn't. Libby, you weren't there. I hear a lot and of Dre stuff in your bubble over here. That's what I heard. No, don't talk about it. When did of, you say of, that? Of that? Who what? says that? He said it Who at said your, your wedding Who outside. Who cares about the stuff? at one of the high-top tables. I can't hear her. We went outside. He said it at one of the high-top tables. Why did he say that? I didn't say that. Well, I hope you didn't say that. Jenna's lying. OK. I really hope that's not true. Hi, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me. Surprise. Same girl, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiancé Edition. We have two news items to discuss. I'm going to talk about one in just a second, and then one before I start with the Happily Ever After Part 1 reunion. I have to say that these news items are probably more interesting than the episodes I'm about to talk about. So, sorry, not my fault. I don't know what to tell you. News item number one is about 90 Day the Other Way couple Devin and Jihoon. So apparently things are coming out about them, their relationship. Bad stuff, y'all. Bad stuff. As some of you guys know, Devin and Jihoon have officially broken up and she is with another Korean guy. He's a model. I guess things are seemingly going fine with them. I'm not sure if he lives in America or Korea or not, but Devin is in, in America right now. That I know for sure. So, apparently some shit went down between Devin and Jihoon to the point where TLC helped get Devin back to America. This is pretty big, I would say, because TLC is pretty stingy with their coins, so if they're helping her, then something bad must have happened. Allegedly what happened is there are allegations against Jihoon for abusing Drusilla. Many of you guys know I like to refer to Drusilla as the Dark Princess of the Underworld, but I will not be doing that today because this is really bad, really bad, if true, not great. They don't go into there's no details as to what he may or may not have done, but Korean law is very um strict fortunately about the treatment of children, and he could face anywhere between five and ten years in jail if convicted. Of these crimes. Um, That sucks. That really sucks. I have to imagine if TLC helped her get out. There must have been some credence to it. That's really bad. That's very disappointing. For me. It's sad for Drusilla. Sad for Devin. Because I think Devin has been in situations. Where she has been abused. I think maybe by... Drusilla's father so you know I hate to see a cycle go on like this Alright So let's move on from that and get Into Darcy and Stacy. They are now fully plunged into The pandemic this seems to be about April uh the girls Are out of school Ankle and aspirin and Darcy and Stacy Are dealing with the pandemic in The only way that we can expect them To deal with something like this Which is Dramatically, and with extremely poor choices. Extremely poor choices. So last week, we had Darcy um, doing that FaceTime with the woman that was alleging to have been hooking up with, dating Florian. And I think her name, I, I can't understand how they're pronouncing her name. It's either Shakti or Shanti. I think it might be Shanti. So, uh, Darcy doesn't want to tell Stacey that she spoke to her. Much like Stacey didn't want to tell Darcy that she talked to Tom in the beginning of the season. So, you know, really great communication is happening here. Darcy says that she and Georgie talk all day long and they have officially decided to move in together. Surprise, surprise, she is going to be moving into the same building as Stacy and Florian. This apparently was a building that they lived in before they lived right down the hall from each other or on different floors? I don't know. Um, So what is happening here is Darcy tells Ankle and Aspirin that she's moving. She's kind of like seeking approval. Are you guys okay with this? How are you feeling? You know, they're unsure about it. And Ankle is like, you know what? You fall in love too easily, Mom, and I really don't want you to go... Down the same pattern that you went down with. With Tom and with Jesse. And I just want you to be careful. You've only met this guy Georgie two times. Two times. And moving into him seems very quick. But you've already done it. So what are we going to say? We're going to have fun with grandpa. Doing TikToks. And taking naps. So. The reason why Stacey and Florian have to move to this apartment is because the apartment that Stacey originally got, and by the way, I don't think I mentioned this. So the house that they live in altogether is owned by their father. He has a rule that there are no men that can come into the house, not even like to hang out, certainly not to spend the night. So Stacey originally had to get this apartment They got kicked out because it is over a salon. So the owner was like, I can't keep this place open. So they had to leave. They moved to a hotel and now they are moving into this apartment. I'm sure it's being paid for by TLC. So Zace has decided, she and Florian, that they are going to be getting married the following day on four twenty. Um. Wow Choices are really being made They're not going to be telling anybody Top secret situation here So they're moving to these apartments Because Darcy and Stacy say that they have the same Taste level They love luxury They love nice things And I will say for a Murphy bed Efficiency apartment This is about the most luxurious I've ever seen So kudos to them I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Um, shout out to Rachel of the Hollywood Crime Scene podcast and the soon to be coming back 90 Day Fiance Slumber Party podcast. It'll be coming back in November. So y'all subscribe now. It's a great podcast. Um, she pointed me in the right direction of Darcy's Ex-husband slash father to ankle and aspirin. I would implore you guys, if you guys are not aware, Darcy and Stacey had a... Well, tried to have a reality show prior to 90 Day Fiance. You can find, uh, I don't know how many episodes on YouTube. It's called The Twin Life. But we see... She's still married at this point, And their love of, like, Eastern European men is extensive and it goes back decades it seems um Darcy's ex-husband his name is Frank he at the time of the show was um a rapper an Eastern European rapper Stacy's baby daddy slash ex-husband cause she does have kids y'all um was a longtime professional soccer player. But back to Frank. Frank, if you guys just Google Darcy ex-husband Frank, I believe the second option for the picture, tell me if I'm wrong. Like does he look like a Michael Jackson, like a low rent Michael Jackson impersonator? Like he doesn't look like Michael Jackson in the sense of like getting facial work done, but he looks like he would be an impersonator in like Reno or like Nashville, like a small town but still has like a a bustling downtown area, and he seems like he would be like a sidewalk performer. So I just like if the rap game doesn't work out for you, Frank, and I don't think it has um that might be a great option for you that's all I'm gonna say about that but moving back to Darcy and Stacy, um Jordi, we see him filming his trip from DC to Connecticut and I just have questions because when he's leaving DC he's clearly living in a hotel and I wonder if he had been living there this whole time or if maybe he had roommates and they moved him to a hotel So that he could quarantine and self-isolate before he went to Connecticut? I wonder about that. Um, So Georgie gets there. Oh, (laughs) let me talk about Darcy's moving in outfit. It is clearly like fake Versace. And she has a House of Eleven, their clothing line mask on. And just to be clear by that, I mean, she's got like one of those blue medical masks that she has sharpied with marker house their House of Eleven logo on. And not even very well. Like, it's an H, and then some mess in the middle, and then Eleven on the other side. <laughs> this is why I really fuck with Darcy. It's the little things, you know? The little things go a long way with Our Lady Silva. So, Georgie gets there. He, you know, makes her to pick up a eight pack of roses from the whole foods before he gets there. They pop the champagne. They pull the Murphy bed down. They're doing their regular mating ritual of feeding each other strawberries. Um, Fortunately, strawberries this time and not like the second date that they went on where they're just feeding each other like hunks of meat and shrimp in each other's mouths the poor man is not there 45 seconds hasn't even begun to unpack hasn't taken a shoe off hasn't even probably even looked into the bathroom to see what that whole thing looks like before darcy is talking about he his i guess his family has a wine business back in bulgaria she's like oh what's the name of the company and he's like oh it's called like rusev wines and she's like oh rusev rusev is his last name she's like wow that's got a nice ring to it already talking about taking his last name and how nice that would be so mrs georgie rusev <laughs> help, help us all darcy rusev oh my god so then we get to 420 the big wedding day They're planning on getting married in the apartment because they can't get married anywhere else. Darcy's talking about how, you know... Stacey, rather, is talking about how sad it is that, like, you know, she saw herself getting married in a castle surrounded by all her friends and family. And, you know, she wasn't imagining having to do her hair and makeup in uh, an efficiency apartment and, you know, that whole thing. So the officiant comes. She's getting... She's having to... You know, the grand entrance of the wedding, leaving the bathroom down the very short hallway. (sighs) Murphy bed up. Georgie has decided to take control of the decor, the decorations, and he has gotten a bag of tea lights. He has um, put in, so it looks like it says 420, but it's in European, so it's 20.04.2020. And a heart. He puts the tea lights in the shape of a heart. And just like a line of tea lights. So we all know we've been introduced to Stacy's dress. And it's very like puffy, ball gown, you know, um, my big fat gypsy wedding. So to have to navigate all of the tea lights that are now on the ground And to like get to her beloved Georgie Florian had to help her because god forbid like one little candle and a whole heaping pile of tulle god knows how much hairspray she's gotten all of her extensions like she would have lit up like one of the Barbies from the Black Hole Sun video like it would have been a hot mess you know it would have been a true disaster so they get married. It's late at night, probably, let's say, like 1130. They're very intent on getting married. They go through the vows. They do the whole thing. They hand the officiant the license so he can sign it. And he realizes, oh, this is for a different county. You guys have to get married in the same county that you registered in. Otherwise, this is null and void. So they have to rush over to her slash her father's house. Again, nobody knows that they're getting married. It is very late at night. They're down to the wire. So they have to get married and it's raining right next to the front door (laughs) because they can't go inside lest anybody find out. And (sighs) I mean, is there anything darker? It's like truly like two teenagers getting married without their parents finding out. Like, God bless. It was one of the darkest Weddings I've ever seen, and not just because it was eleven forty and half five at night, like just the mood, it was rainy, just mmm. mm choices, so they you know are celebratory, they're very happy. Florian's probably thrilled that he now has you know he's that much closer to a green card, and I hate to. You know, in the 90 Day Fiancé world, I hate the rhetoric that, like, the person only wants to come to America, or they only want to marry an American to get a green card, but this is very clearly what's happening in this situation, so I have no issue with saying it. Um, they take their honeymoon, and by that I mean they put the Murphy bed up and put a rainbow print blanket on the ground, they get some, you know, champagne, they get a bottle of Malibu coconut rum, um, some plastic cups that have unicorns on them, pineapples on them, and decided to just, you know, have their honeymoon right there in the kitchen, living room, dining room, bedroom, right next to the refrigerator and the kitchen cabinet. So, bless them. They seem very happy, but not for long because Darcy's still reeling. From the situation with Shanti, she gets fresh out of the shower with Georgie and realizes that she got an email from Shanti saying like, you know, I don't want to, um, I'm not your enemy, but I just want you to see, here's more proof of me and Florian hooking up. We see the video, they're clearly in bed together, he doesn't have a shirt on. He's like, she's like kind of trying to kiss in his general direction and he is, they don't kiss and she at one point is making movements like he's hitting it from behind, but he clearly is entirely too far away for that to be realistic. This is not appropriate at all. Like, I can't imagine anybody who'd want to see their fiance now husband in this position in bed posted up with a woman however shanti is clearly trying to take advantage of the situation and make it seem like more than what is going on this is not like an ashley darby and michael situation like it's sketchy but it's not they're not having sex like clearly she's got a full dress on like it's not happening i don't know what florian is thinking because the shirt is clearly off like This seems kind of like they were trying to make drama for the show, but the fact that Florian is just, like, a complete hot-headed dick is enough drama (laughs) for their relationship in itself. So Darcy doesn't know what to do. She's like, I... They're clearly not fucking, but, like, I gotta tell Stacey this before they get married. Little does she know. They already are drama all right let's move on to 90 day happily ever after part one all right so before we get to the reunion I wanted to talk about Larissa I mean the hits just keep coming with this lady she has now been fired from 90 day fiance for doing a webcam show with the website cam soda so if you guys don't know what that is it's kind of like It's like a live streaming, webcam, sexy type show. I know Farrah from Teen Mom has done shows with them before. It's sex work, basically, but I don't... I mean, I didn't watch what she was doing, but I imagine it wasn't like full-on, get your pussy out, put a toy in it type of shit. Maybe it was, I don't know, but... Considering all of the problematic men that have been on 90 Day Fiancé, I think like Larissa popping her pussy on webcam is pretty fucking harmless considering that they have kept Paul's abusive weirdo ass on the franchise for years now. I would even dare say Colty is probably more abusive than Larissa is. Does Larissa have a pass to putting her hands on Colty? Yes, she does so maybe I should take that back now that I think about it but if the reason is strictly of her being doing this webcam show then I don't agree with it I do not agree with it so she posted on Instagram dear friends and followers I want to make a statement to you I'm no longer a cast member on the show 90 day fiance this is my final statement um Because of my show with Cam Soda, I was released from my contract with TLC by phone the day before ICE arrested me. I will continue producing content for my official channels on Instagram, OnlyFans, and YouTube. Thank you for your understanding, love, and attention. Damn. Damn. I, I mean, truthfully, like, was there much of a storyline to continue on with Larissa? probably not does anybody want to see her um you know her storyline I'm not even gonna call it a relationship with Eriki fuck no so maybe this was a you know TLC taking advantage of the fact that they don't really have a reason to keep her on I don't know what do you guys think? I think it sucks. Like if her being on cam soda is strictly the only reason why she got let go, like, come on, you guys can't act like you guys have morals when counting on the Duggar show was still on. Like, let's be real here. All right, let's move on to the reunion. So obviously this was a virtual tell all. Um, we at the standard, like where are the couples at? How are they feeling going into this? Um, Cole, Is like, I think it's really unfair that, you know, I'm stuck with my ex-wife and my ex-girlfriend and that nobody's there to support me. He's, I guess, completely forgotten about his mother being his, like, emotional support barnacle this entire time, but whatever. He tries to make a jab at Larissa when they can all see each other on the screens. He's like, wow, I guess she's achieved the American dream of trying to look like Dolly Parton. Like, sir, you wish your titties looked like that like don't even fucking try us by saying like trying to shade her like get real get real sir I, I can't outstand cult Libby and Andre Libby's saying that you know things are really uh, touch and go with them I mean by touch and go obviously they're going to stay together because Libby doesn't have a fucking backbone and What is Andre going to do? I mean, he's just going to be like, oh, you're stupid. Uh, Whatever. Um, He, you know, she says that they've been spending a lot of time together and it's really putting a strain on their relationship. Andre's still upset with her family, rightfully so, because of how they behaved at the wedding. There's a lot of rumors about this being like complete bullshit and a made up storyline so that they can get a spinoff. I have made it very clear that I have no issue with pulling a Paul and setting a building on fire in order to ensure that this does not happen. Nobody wants to see the family Libby spinoff. No one. TLC, nobody, not one person, not one. Okay. Not one. Anyway, to Larissa and Eric, she says, you know, I just want to forget about the cold tea and, You know, she says Eric is like, Oh, you know, I'm prepared to deal with whatever um, Colt throws at me. And it's like, What's he going to throw at you? (laughs) This would be like the weakest fight ever. And like, low key, I kind of think Colty could beat Eric's ass. Like, I don't think Eric can throw hands whatsoever. Whatsoever. Kalani and Osweilu, they are. Tenuous, tenuous. Kalani doesn't even know if Asweli was going to show up to the tell-all. Eventually, he actually does. She says that things are, like, in a really bad cycle with them. They make up. Things are good. He fucks up. He moves out, you know, over and over again. And right now, they're not really speaking, but they are still living together. Sinjin and Tanya, kind of like everybody else. Things are not really going well with them. Tanya... Shockingly was, not shockingly, Yes, shockingly, Tanya was by far the most intelligent, most well-spoken person in this reunion. Uh, They didn't do their segment this episode, but we've got two more episodes again. And I swear to you, if parts two and three, if either of them are two hours, I'm going to fucking lose it (laughs) because we do not need four hours or five hours of a tell-all we don't need we could do two and I think I would be just fine Tanya says she and Zinjin are not as happy as she would like to be at this stage and she's kind of preparing for people to ask her about whether or not they're going to have kids but she says it's like a really kind of like iffy conversation to have because they're not even sure if they're stable enough to stay together much less bring kids into the situation Angela and Michael, Angela kind of hints at like, I'm doing things that Michael may not approve of. And his visa clearly has not been approved yet. He's still in Nigeria. And, you know, things with them are seemingly probably the best out of all of these, uh, couples. Shockingly. Um, Angela is wearing a mask the whole time. She says, cause she has a tooth abscess and, the dentist or the orthodontist told her to not like have so much air coming in. So she has to wear the mask to like prevent that from happening. I wonder if this is helping her to quit smoking. I can't imagine smoking with an abscess in your mouth. It doesn't sound like anybody's version of fun. Hopefully this is what'll help her. Um, and Karini and Paul are not there probably because Paul's a monster was a monster. Um, so we start off with Colt. Jess is there, by the way. She starts off by saying, like, I don't want to talk to Colt at all. Look at you, Debbie. She's in a red, dra- red shirt. You know, you look like the devil. Larissa and Jess are, like, tag teaming this whole time against Coltie and Deb. And Larissa <laughs> calls Col- Colt a, uh, Colt a cookie holdy. Cookie holdy. A uh, cuckold. That's what she's trying to say. <laughs> Andre tries to, um, like make a jab at Larissa and call her Michael Jackson 3.0. And she's like, you know what? At least I have a job. You broke bitch. I mean, he didn't call it, She didn't call him a broke bitch, but I did. And I think if she had the foresight to say it, she would have. Anyway. So the first full on segment is Libby and Andre Libby says that they've been trying to stay busy to keep from arguing, but they still managed to get some fights in. And Sean asks, like, Andrea, have you been looking for work? And he was like, well, I don't need to because her job is enough. And he kind of explains a little bit later, like, I don't want to take a job right now because basically I would be working to pay for a babysitter and i would just rather put my efforts into caring for my child myself instead of getting a job that is a completely fair argument the cost of childcare is exorbitant and if they can if they have enough money to be comfortable and it really financially wouldn't make sense for another person to go to work if they're just going to be paying for childcare then yeah it might as well just be the parent there But we all know that, like, this is the best excuse that he has, and that man doesn't want to work. Like, we know that that man has no intention of getting a job. So, okay. Okay. Um, Sean then asked Libby, like, is he taking care of the home in a way that you would expect somebody who's staying at home to be taken care of, since you're the, um you know, the one who's making the money and she's like, No. <laughs> he takes out the trash and he washes the cars, but that's about it. So it seems like Libby on top of working, and now she's working at home, she's having to care for the baby and do all of those quote unquote lifely duties and she's working full time. Um so Sean then asks Andre, like, what is your idea what is what is being the man of the house mean to you? And he says that his thoughts are more rational. <laughs> and that he has, he's the one who has a final say. And so it gets into this whole conversation with everybody about, like, Jean asks Tanya, how she feels. And she's like, I don't really know what it means to be the man of the house. I think we're in a new age of, like, traditional gender roles. Don't, like, I don't care about them if he wants to stay home that's fine but it also seems like he doesn't really like he's a dick basically like it doesn't really seem like he is like it doesn't matter who's at home and who's working however I'm a little bit confused about the fact that he's at home but he also feels like he has all the decision-making abilities when he's bringing in none of the money. That's what's confusing to me. So, Andre says, like, you know, even though Libby tries to fight me about, like, you know, like, being the man of the house, she really likes it. And, like, even though that's a disgusting thing to say, eh, I gotta say, I kind of don't disagree. I don't know. I'm really confused about Livy. I don't like her. Like, we couldn't be friends. But I wonder, if is it like... Does she genuinely like the fact that he is, like, the head of the household? He is the man of the house. And I'm using quotes in here. Because she doesn't really. And it seems like she kind of only... I mean, we only see what we see, but it seems like She really defers to him when it's just them talking one-on-one. But when it's, like, a group or when she's with her family, she kind of says more of how she feels and how she's not really comfortable with the dynamic that they have going on. I wonder... I don't know. I I just don't know about her. Because her father... Like, it would make kind of more sense to me that she would like the kind of man-of-the-household thing. But I don't really get that vibe from her dad. Like, he seems fairly chill mm. <laughs> you know like not like necessarily a good guy but he doesn't seem like this like misogynist the way that Andre is No, I'm just uh, I really don't know if she really likes it behind the scenes because it seems like she has a lot of issues with how Andre conducts himself and his attitude and how he speaks to her like, it's one thing to be the man of the house the head of the household, but it doesn't mean that, like, she deserves to be disrespected. And he disrespects her a lot. And the way he talks at her, like, I would have fucking left years ago. Like, it doesn't seem like any version of fun to me. So then Burp Sr., Burp Jr., and Jen... Join the chat, and Jen says, "I don't think Andre's changed for the better at all. He's aggressive. He's cold. He doesn't give our family a chance. It's really awkward to be around him. He doesn't seem to like us. He's rude." And Andre is like, "Well, that's your problem. (laughs) Everything is everybody else's problem, but his like." the man doesn't concede a thing. Libby says she actually agrees with Jen and there's really no excuse for Andre's behavior towards her family and towards her. She doesn't like the way he talks to her. Andre says that he's made a lot of promises to Libby and that he's kept up and delivered on all of them. So we get the clip package of the family going over to Moldova, calling their food peasant food, just generally being ugly Americans burp and burps junior Talking about like, oh, do you guys have Amazon? Do you guys ha- eat salads? The fish, where does the fish come from? Um, it, you know, is this the downtown area? Like, what do you guys do? Just being stupid and ignorant. And, Burp Junior says he feels no regrets about how he behaved. They get into this whole thing about calling the food peasant food. On um, today was like, if you guys were eating bacon. I know you guys eat bacon. It's the same thing over in Moldova, so why you guys were acting like you're above it is beyond me. Jen (laughs) attempts to clean it up, but she really just doubles down by saying, well, it's not that it's, like, peasant food. It's just, like, in America, this is food that they throw away, and, like, they're really making the most of it. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Um, it seems like nobody, I don't know when they filmed this, but it seems like they must have filmed this quite a while ago because everybody keeps saying like, after they show these clips, like, oh, I haven't seen that before. And I don't think it's like an, oh, I haven't watched a show because multiple people on the cast say, oh, I haven't seen that. And they all seem pretty surprised by what is being shown. So Libby had no idea that she was saying that her family was saying all that about Moldova and she's pretty pissed off and rightfully so. And then we get back to the big dinner where Andre and Burp Jr. get into, you know, they get into it. They don't fight, but they get into it. And Libby, when they go back, she's like, you know, wiping tears and she's, you know, like I feel in the middle of all this and I don't like how aggressive that Andre got. Burp Senior is upset because they hadn't seen the clip of Andre and Libby leaving and how he talked to her and he was like, you're not married to your father. You come with me. You need to leave with me. Like, fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck that. Blah, blah, blah. Burp Senior's like I just can't believe that A he would be talking to her like that and B we were sat there and left to pay for the bill sitting there with his family and friends while he just like walked off like whatever and you know Marcel and his brother join in and his brother's name is Radu and Marcel and Radu are both of the opinion that When it comes to that fight and everything that kind of happened after, the family, Libby, really were trying to instigate a situation, trying to provoke uh, Andre into fighting with them. So they're really on his side. And I gotta say, for a lot of the season, like even though I fucking can't stand Andre, I think he's a dickhead. He's a complete jerk, misogynist asshole. I, you know... Her family really was sticking their nose into it and I, you know it's like how many times can you ask somebody the same question you're going around to their friends and asking the question about what, what what happened in his past why did he move to Ireland what are his real motives and it's like you're already married she your daughter is married to this guy They have a kid so if something was really going to come up if this was like a wild lifetime movie situation it would have come up by now y'all don't need to be meddling into his past and if you wanted to do that you should have done it before they got married y'all gotta like gotta really let things go so then they bring up like Sean asked Radu, like, what do you know about why Andre left Moldova with regard to his job as a cop? And he's like, well, I mean, he just told me that he wanted a better life. I didn't really ask questions. So he kind of covers for him. There was a long pause before he answered and Andre said like cuts him off and is like, you know, he's not going to tell you the full story. So then Radu actually does answer and he's like, well, he was in search of a better life. Honestly, we hadn't really talked that deep about it. I, he wanted a better job. So that's that. And so it kind of comes out that like Radu doesn't even really know the full story of what happened, which makes for a terrible case for Andre. Like, Libby's family's like oh your brother doesn't even know why you left like nobody knows the real reason so that just makes us even more suspicious and uh, it was just uh, annoying annoying then they get to the clip of the wedding and Charlie being drunk and saying that Andre was the king of Moldova but a bitch over in America and like stop taking advantage of my dad My dad's got seven kids and, like, they didn't have weddings like this. And, you know, don't expect my dad to pay for anything. And I'm going to protect you, Burp Senior. Like, huh? You know know what I mean? Um, Andre, or Sean asked um, Burp Junior if the truth came out because he was drinking. And he was like, yeah, like, you know... I don't really love that I said that, but I was drunk and blah, 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 which is the same case that could be made for why Andre was trying to put hands on you over the dinner. Like, he was drunk too. So why is it like you're giving yourself a pass? Like, we know why, but you're not noticing the hypocrisy about giving yourself a pass and not giving any sort of grace to Andre when you guys repeatedly ask him the same question and then... Just, like, you he, he wound him up and then wondered why his top was spinning, you know? Um, Andre calls Jen manipulative for seemingly no reason at all. He doesn't give any sort of backstory as to why that is. But Jen counters back and says, well, at the wedding, we were outside and you told me that you were going to have my dad wrapped around your finger. So what's that about? And... Libby is looking at him like why would you say that why did you say something like that and he calls her a liar Jen and it, it, I don't know it, it was just very weird they're asking Chuck like do you feel like you're being taken advantage of and he's like I hope not and Angela chimes in was like well shit I wish I had met your dad before I met Michael. <laughs> Oh my god. Then they end their segment by Andre saying that he is thinking about getting into real estate. Libby thinks that he's going to be really good at selling houses. Um, Don't you have to have a good personality for that? Like, imagine Andre trying to sell a house. Like, you know, it's got the faucets. It's got the sinks. It's good for you. You have to buy the house because what are you, stupid? What, what are you doing? Listen to me. I know what I'm doing, okay? This is your house. So you sign the papers, let's go. I don't know what accent that was, but that was the best sound today I could do, okay? So you're just going to have to live with it. All right. Angela and Michael get a pretty short segment. And Sean is like, you know, for quarantine, these relationships can get a lot rockier because they're not used to being around each other but I have a feeling that it's kind of different for you guys because you're still apart but there's more time to communicate with each other so maybe it's like better and was like well we still fight but the turnover is a lot shorter like I used to not talk to him for three or four days and now it's like maybe 30-40 minutes so growth <laughs> Andal says you know I still don't trust Michael He can't even take a shit without being on FaceTime with me. Michael, I mean, where he is, they're under lockdown to a certain extent. They have limited things that they can do. Things are very serious over there. They're taking it very seriously. Not like this country, but I digress. Um, He says that he has to keep communication with her, that where he lives, they don't keep the power on 24-7 so once the government turns your lights off and your power off he has now three generators around his house that as soon as that power goes off he turns those on he has wi-fi he makes sure that he has 24-7 access to Angela to ensure that they can keep their relationship intact so she can trust him We get back to all the way 75 years ago, season one of Angela and Michael, and the BJ conversation. Angela says that she's got BJ ESP, and that it doesn't matter how far away they are, that she would know if he was cheating. She just gets a feeling like, you know, I I don't know if that counts as a sixth sense. She's like the Walter Mercado of <laughs> knowing if your your man had a BJ, okay. Um, so we get back to the bachelor party and how Angela busted a titty. So pissed that Michael would dare looking at women twerking in the club. And Angela says, "You know she's got a lot of issues with trust with him and in general." She has a lot of insecurities when it comes to being, what, 20 years apart? 22 years? I think she's 54. He's 32. And she's like, it really hit me that he's looking at all these younger girls. It really made me second guess. Like, should I be married to a guy who's so much younger than me? I can't really give him what these younger women have, Um, you know. And also, we see a clip of her that we did not see. Of her and Jojo going back to the car after the club. Or back, they were in the car, going back to their house after the club. And Angela reveals that, you know, how is he over here looking at bitches and he's only fucked me once since I've been here. And as much as I didn't want to hear that, that's a fair point. If your sexual relationship is on two... (laughs) <laughs> and then you see your man looking at other women, like, I could understand why she would feel some type of way about that. So even though I think Angela really needs to ratchet it down in terms of her jealousy and her control issues with Michael, I get it. I It makes more sense to me now. I will say that. Um. So then Angela says, you know, I even tried to make him jealous when we were at the club because he's got this good-looking friend And I tried to dance with him and I was, you know, getting all sexy with his friend and he wasn't even paying attention. He was still looking at that those women and Michael's like, I knew nothing was going to happen between them. So I really didn't care that she was (laughs) dancing with him. And then they talk about lap dances. And this is something that triggers Angela once again. Apparently Sean asked if he had ever gotten a lap dance before. And Michael said, yeah, like once in college. And it was like, what? Huh? I gave you a lap dance for the first time, and you told me that was the first time you'd ever gotten one. And you know, I don't feel all that secure in my body. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. That day I wasn't. I went out and put on a, a lacy number and did a dance for you with my big ass, and you told me that this was great, and this is your first time, and now I'm finding out that it's not. She's <laughs> so pissed. <laughs> She is so, so pissed. Oh my gosh. Then they flash back to their wedding. Angela obviously gets upset because this is around the time of her mother's passing. And she was so nervous about even going to Nigeria because she didn't want her mother to pass before she left. And so she goes up, takes a breath. And Sean's like, why is she upset? And he was like, well, it's because of her mom. And, you know, it it just like affects her. So Angela comes back and she asks, like, okay, well, how do you guys think things are going to go for you guys with the pandemic? And she's like, well, nothing's happening right now. There's no, I mean, he couldn't get to America. She can't go over there. And even like once things get better, it's probably going to be another more and one more year before his visa gets approved. So, God knows when Michael will be able to come to America. But right now, it ain't looking good. Alright, so moving on to Colt and Jess. They have not spoken since they broke up. And Colt says she may as well be a stranger. This relationship is so weird to me because... They're acting as though... You know, if if I had to... Like, say who is taking more advantage of the situation. I'm inclined to say Colt. Truthfully. like, Did Jess want a visa to America? or green card? I don't know. She seemed pretty happy in Brazil. Did she want to be on TV? I would have to imagine that was probably a little bit more motivation for her. But at the end of the day... I think Colt has to know that. Colt has to know that, like... He... Colt's weird. <laughs> and I hate to be like... I, I'm not gonna call him ugly, but I think we all are pretty surprised at how frequently he has women who seem deeply invested in being in a relationship with him. It's strange to me. Strange to everybody, but ah lord debbie gets up to leave because she doesn't want to hear this conversation and jess says you know at first in our relationship he was really nice he made a lot of promises about having kids and us getting married and he was a liar Colt keeps calling her sweetheart like oh you know sweetheart like you throw sex around like it's going out of style and You know, I barely knew your name before we had sex. And it's like, okay, well, you had sex with her. So who does that say more about? Like, because she's a sexual person. You're the one who, I mean, why slut shame her? You fucked her. You're the slut. (laughs) You're the slut too. Oh my God. He's so stupid and weird and manipulative Sean wants to know what the dick pics are about. And when we get to so I could hear Jess say this line every day for the rest of my life. Hello, here's my dick. Goodbye, here's my dick. Good afternoon, here's my dick. You want to see my dick? Here's my dick. And, oh my gosh. Jess kind of outs Colton said, like, he was sending dick pics to girls before he and his mom even came to Brazil. Like... We were in a good place, so he can act like he only sent those after they broke up, but that's not the case because I have proof that he was sending them before he even hopped on that plane. Colt says he sent dick pics for affection, that they were a sign of affection to these women. He was like, well, usually they would reach out to me and then they would send nudes and I just felt like it was polite to return the favor. Ugh. 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 And I have to imagine that once they saw those pictures, they were like, never mind. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth whatever piddly little TLC check I'm gonna get up from it. I've told you that his dick looks like a chewed up piece of beef jerky. So... I was never mind. (laughs) (laughs) This is about to get real inappropriate. You know what? I prefer a long sausage, not like a dried up cured meat. We'll just put it that way. Um, Larissa said that one of the girls that Colt texted sent her screenshots, and that the screenshots of them communicating was when. Larissa and he were together so he's been cheating and lying and manipulating all these women this whole time and that's why I'm gonna be on team Larissa from now on I was duped and I was bamboozled by Colty and now I'm fully on team Larissa and Jess and I love that they are now friends and that they keep ping-ponging back and forth just reading the hell out of Colt calling him a loser and a fuckboy. Angela pops up and says she wished that Colt had sent her a dick pic. And I have to say, Angela, I know for a fact that you can make that wish come true and that you're going to wish that you would never wish for that in your life. Be careful what you wish for. That saying was for this exact situation. <laughs> um, Just says that Colt will never be happy because he's a bad person. And then we get a flashback to when Larissa called Jess in the very beginning and was like, you need to be careful. Have you ever been in a situation where Colt has tried to hide his phone from me? Have you met Debbie yet? Because she's a snake. He's a geeky wolf. He is like a whale who everybody thinks is like, Oh, like just nice. But really he's like a monster. And Debbie chimes in. Cause she came back and she's like, See, Larissa's the one who destroyed the relationship with Jess before I could even get to it, so this is all Larissa's fault for tainting Jess's mind against Colt and destroying their relationship. And, Deb, shut the fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, i learned to respect my elders, but if this woman doesn't shut up and drink some butterscotch schnapps, leave us alone. Make some fucking pot roast. Ugh. Jess says it. Colt plays with women's minds and he's always calling them crazy, which we have seen proof of time and time again. Sean asks about Vanessa, who has been the kind of like third woman in this whole situation, even though we've barely seen her this season. And Jess says, I know that they hooked up while we were together. Colt says that they only hooked up, that they only had sex before and after his relationship with Jess, but she's like, no. Y'all did it during it, too. And I know that to be true. He's really, like... He's... I don't even want to call him a bad liar. He is trying to intentionally come off as evasive and being like, oh, maybe I did have sex with her, maybe I didn't. Or, like, it's almost like he's trying to... I don't know, like, be coy and cute and it's just like not working his hair is all grown out and he looks like a demented Devin Sawa ugh sorry Devin I didn't mean to insult you like that but that's the truth let's move on to Kalani Asuelu Sean says that we're going to have a talk with Vanessa later in the reunion tell all not looking forward to it but we move on to Kalani Asuelu And Sean's like, well, what led to Asuelu coming back into the home? Because when we saw y'all at the end of the season, he was being shipped off to mom's house in Washington. Kalani's like, honestly, like I kind of had a deadline or a date in my mind of when we could maybe talk again and try and make it work. But he came home early and surprised us. So Kalani didn't seem very happy about that. Asuelu says, you know what, I miss my kids, and I miss my wife, and so that's why I decided to do that. They're together now, but things are really rocky between them, and they're nowhere near where they were in the beginning of their relationship. Sean asks what they argue about, and Asuelu says, well, you know, we argue about me playing volleyball and going to dance practice, and Kalani's like, he doesn't really seem to care about this pandemic, He goes and does whatever he wants. He lies to me by saying, like, that he would wear a mask by playing volleyball. And then he would send me videos where he clearly is not wearing a mask. And we keep getting into these fights because he's lying. So, Asuelu is now a dance instructor, I guess. And he does get paid for it. So, Sean is like, well... Does it bring you any sense of comfort that he is at least getting paid for this job? And Kalani's like, not really. Because the small amount of money he's making is not worth the risk of him being exposed to all these people. Fair. Completely fair. But he does say that the money that he does make is strictly going to his family. Meaning his Kalani and the boys. Not to his mom and then we find out that you know like they're all living together and by they all I mean Kalani and Asuelu and the kids the boys and then Lisa and Lo, her parents they all share a house Lo has to travel for work and at first Lisa was going with him but then they made a decision because she has a pre-existing heart condition that it was safer for her to stay at home Than to travel and go to hotels with her husband. This was okay because Oswale was out of the house, but now he's back and just continuously exposing his family and his mother in law to potentially whoever he's coming in contact with because he needs to play volleyball like it's the fucking summer episodes of Say by the Bell. Um, Lisa, his mother in law, is like, I think this is really irresponsible. He does not care about anybody by, but himself. And Collini's like, you know, I think he's basically too old. He's past the point of keep being taught how it is, what it means to be a considerate person. So now he's basically a lost cause and he sucks. Sean asks Espelu uh, if he's even concerned about getting COVID. And he was like, well, I am, but like I don't really see the difference between me playing volleyball. And going to the grocery store. And Tanya's like, well, it's because it's an essential task for you to go to the grocery store. You're not up close and personal with people. And everybody wears masks. So it's a little bit different. Now, granted, I have to imagine of most sports, volleyball is probably fairly low risk. But is it really worth it? Because probably you guys are like talking before and after, hanging out, kicking it, and that's where the trouble comes in. All of y'all's hands are getting exposed when you're touching the volleyball. It's not worth it. Something is wrong with Asuelu. It is an extreme lack of maturity. We've seen his mother, so we know there's something weird going on there, and his sister, and I think he has no idea of how to tap into his motion emotions in a constructive manner, clearly. So, apparently, <laughs> what happens between Osweilu and Kalani is that Kalani will say, you don't listen to me when it comes to your complete disregard when it comes to covid and then Aswaly will find any little bullshit reason to be like, oh, well, you don't listen to me about this, so I'm not going to listen to you about playing volleyball. The thing that he has found to stake a claim into her not listening to him is the fact that she doesn't sniff the milk before she drinks it or gives it to the boys. That this is... A, a, What he thinks is a completely exclusive Samoan cultural thing is sniffing milk. I guess he's been throwing away a lot of milk because it doesn't smell right to him. Because she's not extra diligent about smelling milk. (laughs) That he doesn't feel like he needs to listen to her when she says, stay your ass at home. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. And this is what I'm saying, like, he needs something else is going on because that is not. If that's all you've got to make an argument with your wife about, and that's o- the only excuse that you can make to validate how you just like have no disregard, no regard for your mother in law that you live with that has a pre existing condition, your two very small children, your wife. What? That's weird. Like, that is really weird. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, then we get to the car ride that happened in the beginning of the season in which uh, Swaylu called Kalani a lying bitch and said that he can talk to her any way he wants to because that's his wife and Lisa was driving the car. He was being so disrespectful to both of them. And they asked Kalini how she feels about it. And she's like, well, honestly, like, I've seen him behave this way before, and I'm just looking forward to the day that it ends. And Sinjin chimes in and is like, that's a really deep thing to say. (laughs) Okay, Sinjin. Um, So Asuelu clearly gets mad because now they're kind of, like, trying to hold Asuelu accountable, accountable for his actions and his words. He's, like, trying to rip the mic out of his ear, trying to walk up. And Kalini, like, puts a heavy little hand on him and is, like, you're going to stay here because I know it's probably... You don't want to hear this all at once, but they're going to get to this fight between me and your mom and your sister. So I'm going to get it. So you're going to sit here and take it because I'm about to be up next. So he sits there, calms down, and... Kalani says, you know, he has really a lot of trouble expressing his feelings. Excuse me, and he gets really defensive. Sean is like, okay, I'm gonna de-escalate the situation. Here is Asuelu's mom and sister Tammy who we know doesn't fuck with Kalani or her family or her white mother (laughs) or any of the white parts of her. (laughs) And oh my gosh. (sighs) Tammy says that Kalani needs to be teaching Asuelu how to get through life. Teach him what to do and that everybody needs to stop piling on Asuelu. This is the dizziest bitch of the season. Hands down. So Sean asks uh, Asuelu's mom like what do you feel his responsibility is? And Lisa chimes in and is like I agree. Nobody's saying that he shouldn't give money to his family if he has it. We, me and my husband, give money to our parents. Still to this day, we totally understand your culture. We understand giving back to your family. But they don't need to be dictating how much they're given. They should just accept what they take, what they get. And be thankful for that. I agree. Um, So Kalani also says, I have no problem with giving his mom money when she's in Samoa. But when she's in America, she is very well taken care of. And I just don't really see the point. She's got all that she needs. Kalini, her sister, is like, well... Goes asks Tammy, like, how much do you give your mom? And she's like, I don't have to tell you that, blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, if you don't want to talk about it, then why are we having all these conversations about how and when and how much Asuelu gives money? Thank you. Thank you. So then Sean asks Asuelu what he thinks about the fight. The fight that happened between Kalani, Tammy, and his mom on the pier where Tammy tried to Go after Kalani and say, I'm going to beat you up and try to kick her ass as Kalani walked away. And he gets upset because he had not seen that footage. Obviously Kalani had told him about it, but he had no idea. He's like, I'm really upset that they would behave that way. We have to remember that his mom said, I don't care about your kids. I think that you guys should get a divorce. And Asuelo gets really upset. He's like, I didn't know that she had said that. Like, she didn't like my children. That we should get a divorce. Like, I had no idea that they had said some awful, awful things. And you could see him, like, get genuinely upset. And it made me feel bad. Anyway. That was the end of the episode. We have parts two and three coming Sunday and Monday. So I will talk with you guys about that and I think that might be our break one week <laughs> one week of a break until um what should we call it uh happily no the other way comes back so I'm probably not gonna be talking about Darcy and Stacy next week without a 90 day or not next week in two weeks without 90 day coming back do I even have a break they come back no No, never mind. I will be talking about them because there is no break. All right, y'all. Catch you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking.